Section 4 Chapters 6 and 7 of The Story of Books by Gertrude Burford Rawlings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Adam Marcetich, August 2010. Chapter 6 The Beginning of Printing The germs of the invention which, in spite of Carlyle's somewhat slighting reference, has proved itself hardly less momentous in the world's history than the conception of the idea of writing are to be found in the stamps with which the ancients impressed patterns or names upon vases or other objects or in the device and name-bearing seals which were in common use among the nations of antiquity but these stamps and seals could be used only to impress some plastic material not to make ink or other marks upon paper and for the first example of printing as we understand the word we must look to china where it is said as early as the sixth century a d engraved wooden plates were used for the production of books the chinese however kept their invention to themselves or at any rate it spread no further than japan until many years later and although in the tenth century the knowledge of printing was carried as far as egypt europeans seem to have made the discovery for themselves quite independently of help from the east both as regards block printing and the use of movable type in europe as in china the first printing was done by means of a block that is a slab of wood on which the design was carved in relief and from which when inked an impression could be transferred to paper or other material this process is known as block printing and in europe was principally used for the production of illustrations the text which came to be added later being accessory and subordinate to the picture the first european block prints are pictures of saints roughly printed on a leaf of paper and usually rudely colored heineken whose idee generale de une collection complete de estampes seventeen seventy one is still a standard work is of opinion that pictures of this class were first executed by the old makers of playing cards and that the playing cards themselves were printed from wood and not drawn separately by hand in this case the cards should rank as the earliest examples of block printing or wood engraving heineken has not been alone in entertaining this opinion but on the other hand there are some who consider that the portraits represent the first woodcuts and that the early playing cards were drawn and painted by hand the single-leaf portraits of saints were produced chiefly or perhaps solely in germany and examples are now rare it is curious that most of those which have survived to the present day have been found in german religious houses pasted inside the covers of old books and thus shielded from the destruction to which their fragile nature rendered them liable one specimen which has the reputation of being the earliest extant with which a date can be connected is the well-known saint christopher 
which represents the saint carrying the child christ over a stream after an old legend this specimen bears the date fourteen twenty three and was discovered pasted in the cover of a medieval manuscript in the monastery at buxheim in swabia and is now in the john rylands library at manchester the date however may be only that of the engraving of the block and not the year of printing a theory was put forward by mr h f holt at the meeting of the british archaeological association in eighteen sixty eight that this saint christopher so far from being the earliest known specimen of printing of any sort belonged to a period subsequent to the invention of typography and that the date fourteen twenty three refers only to the jubilee year of the saint and not to the execution of the print he also held that the block books to which we refer below were not the predecessors of type-printed books as they are usually considered to be but merely cheap substitutes for the costly works of the early printers but these theories though not disproved do not receive the support of bibliographers in general another early woodcut is the brussels print which is in the royal library at brussels it is ostensibly dated fourteen eighteen but although this date is accepted by some it has most probably been tampered with and therefore the position of the print is at least doubtful it is of flemish origin and represents the virgin and child accompanied by s s barbara catherine veronica and margaret other prints exist which are not dated and it is quite possible that some of these may be older than the saint christopher though no definite statements as to their date can be made it is certain however that the art of block printing was known in the closing years of the fourteenth century and that it was practiced thenceforward until about fifteen ten that is some years after the invention of typography in many manuscripts of the period printed illustrations were inserted by means of blocks either to save time or because the scribe's skill did not extend to drawings these early woodcuts were the forerunners of the better known block books which also according to heineken were at first the work of the card makers block books consisted of prints accompanied by a descriptive or explanatory text both text and illustration being printed from the same block since they were intended for the moral instruction of those whose education did not fit them for the study of more elaborate works they generally deal with scriptural and religious subjects the earliest of all the block books was the biblia pauperum or bible of the poor so called because it was designed for the edification of persons of unlearned minds and light purses who could neither have afforded the high prices demanded for ordinary manuscript copies nor have read such copies had they owned them the biblia pauperum however exactly met their want it is not so much a book to read 
as a book to look at. It has a text, it is true, but the text is subordinate to the pictures. The Biblia Pauperum is on paper, as paper was cheaper than vellum, and considered quite good enough for the purpose. One side only of each leaf was printed, two pages being printed from one block, and the sheets folded once and arranged in sequence, not quired or nested. The resulting order was that of two printed pages face to face, followed by two blank pages face to face. The illustrations are of scenes from sacred history and portraits of biblical personages accompanied by explanatory Latin or German text in Gothic characters. The original designer and compiler of this favorite block book is unknown, but he certainly worked on lines laid down by some much older author and artist, for manuscript works of similar nature existed at least as early as the beginning of the 14th century. The earliest known instance of a composition of the kind, however, is a series of enamels on an antipendium or altar frontal in the St. Leopold Chapel at Klosterneuburg near Vienna, which originally contained 45 pictures dealing with biblical subjects arranged in the same order as the Biblia Pauperum, and which were executed by Nicholas de Verdun in 1181. Some attribute the inception of the Biblia Pauperum to Ansgarius, first bishop of Hamburg in the ninth century, others to Werner, a German monk of the twelfth century, but it seems unlikely that the point will ever be decided. The Biblia Pauperum is usually supposed to have been first printed xylographically in Holland, and type-printed editions were issued later from Bamberg, Paris, and Vienna. To modern eyes, the illustrations of this book are strange and wonderful indeed. The designer certainly had no thought of irreverence, says Divini, but many of the designs are really ludicrous, some of the anachronisms are Gideon arrayed in plate armor with medieval helmet and visor and Turkish scimitar, David and Solomon in rakish, wide-brimmed hats bearing high conical crowns, the translation of Elijah in a four-wheeled vehicle resembling the modern farmer's hay wagon, slouched hats, puffed doublets, Light-legged breeches and pointed shoes are seen in the apparel of the Israelites, who are not represented as priests or soldiers. Some houses have Italian towers, and some have Moorish minarets, but in none of the pictures is there an exhibition of pointed Gothic architecture. Our illustration gives a reduced representation of a page from the second edition of the Biblia Pauperum, dating from about 1450. The middle panel shows Christ rising from the tomb and the wonder and fear of the Roman guards. The left-hand panel shows Samson carrying off the gates of the city of Gaza, and the right-hand panel the disgorging of Jonah by the whale. The upper part of the text shows how that Samson and Jonah were types of Christ, 
and the little four figures represent David, Jacob, Hosea, and Siphonius, Zephaniah, the texts on the scrolls being quotations from their words. The accompanying rhymes are as follows. Obsessus turbus, sapson valvus tulit urbis, quem saxum texit, ingens tumulum Jesus exit, de tumulo Christe, surgens de dinotat iste. In the midst of crowds, Samson removes the gates of the city. The anointed Jesus, whom the stone covered, rises from the tomb. This man, Jonah, rising from the tomb, denotes thee, O Christ. Another very popular block book of German origin was the curious compilation known as Ars Moriendi, the art of dying, or, as it is sometimes called, Temptationes Demonitis, or Temptation of Demons. It transcribes how dying persons are beset by all manner of temptations, the final triumph of the good, and the sad end of the wicked, with suitable emotions on the part of the attendant angels, and the hideous demons by which the temptations are personified. This work was greatly in vogue in the 15th century, and after the invention of type printing was reproduced in various parts of France, Italy, Germany, and Holland. The only block book without illustrations was the Donatus de Octibus Pertibus Oritonis, or Donatus on the Eight Parts of Speech, shortly known as Donatus. It was the Latin grammar of the period, and was the work of Donatus, a famous Roman grammarian of the 4th century. Large numbers were printed, both from blocks and from type, but xylographic fragments are scarce, and none are known of any date before the second half of the 15th century. Yet it is believed that probably more copies of this work were printed than of any other block book whatever. Besides its lack of illustrations, the xylographic Donatus is unique among block books from the fact that it was printed on vellum and not on paper, and, another unusual feature, on both sides of the leaf. Vellum was dear, and had to be made the most of, and no doubt was used only because a paper book would have fared badly at the hands of the schoolboys. Only one block book is known to have been printed in France, and that is Les Neuf Prus, or The Nine Champions. The Nine Champions are divided into three groups. First, classical heroes, Hector, Alexander, and Julius Caesar. Next, biblical heroes, Joshua, David, and Judas Maccabeus. And lastly, heroes of romance, Arthur, Charlemagne, and Godefroy of Boulogne. The portraits of these celebrities are accompanied by verses. This block book dates from about 1455. Other block books were the Speculum Humanae Salvationis, the Apocalypse of St. John, the Book of Canticles, Defensorium Inviolatae 
virginatus bete mariae virginis mirabilia rome various german almanacs and a plantin book this last representing the heavenly bodies and their influence on human life the last of the block books so far as is known was the opera nova contemplativa which was executed at venice about fifteen ten from one point of view the speculum humanae salvationis or mirror of salvation is the most curious of its kind it is looked upon as the connecting link between block books proper and type printed books its purpose seems to have been to afford instruction in the facts and lessons of the christian religion beginning with the fall of satan it is founded on an old and once popular manuscript work sometimes ascribed to brother john a benedictine monk of the thirteenth or fourteenth century four so-called editions of the speculum are known two of which are in latin rhyme and two in dutch prose all four having many points in common and standing apart from the latter and dated editions afterwards produced in germany holland and france in these early copies the body of the work consists of a text printed from movable types with a block printed illustration at the head of each page but one of the latin editions is remarkable for having twenty pages of the text printed from wood blocks how and why these xylographic pages appear in a book whose remaining forty-two pages are printed from types is a mystery they are inserted at intervals among the other leaves and for this and other reasons it is considered improbable that they were printed from blocks originally intended for a block book to help to eke out a not very plentiful stock of type moreover no entirely xylographic speculum exists to lend color to such a theory the time and place of origin of the speculum are unknown and bibliographers are not agreed as to the order in which the several editions appeared but such evidence as exists points to holland as the home of the printed speculum and those who believe that coster of harlem invented typography credited him with having produced it block books are nearly all of german dutch or flemish workmanship as a rule the illustrations are roughly colored by hand the method by which they were printed is generally supposed to have been that of laying a dampened sheet of paper on the inked block and rubbing it with a dabber or fratten until the impression was worked up but de vinnie in his history of printing says that there are practical reasons against the correctness of this view and considers it more probable that a rude hand press was used those who wish to see some modern examples of block printing may be referred to the books printed by the late william morris at the celebrated kelmscott press at hammersmith the title pages and initial words of these volumes were executed by means of wood blocks 
and are as beautiful examples of block printing as the texts of the works they adorn are of typography all the kelmscott printing whose history though most interesting is nevertheless outside the present subject was done by hand presses end of chapter six chapter seven who invented movable types the woodblock however was merely a stepping stone to the greatest of all events in the history of printing the invention of movable types that is of letters formed separately which after being grouped into words and sentences and paragraphs could be redistributed and used again for all sorts of books here once more our chinese friends were ahead of the rest of the world for more than four centuries before german printers existed piching a chinese smith had shown his countrymen how to print from movable types made of burnt clay but the process which was to prove of such untold value to those who employed the simple roman alphabet was almost useless to the chinese since the immense number of their characters rendered the older method the less tedious and cumbersome of the two in china and japan therefore the use of movable types was of short duration in europe however when the art of printing from movable types once became known the case was very different once upon a time as a magnate of the city of harlem was walking in a wood near the city he idly cut some letters on the bark of a beech tree it then suddenly occurred to him that these letters might be impressed upon paper whereupon he made some impression of them for the amusement of his grandchildren this we have learned from our youth up is how the art of printing came to be discovered but unfortunately this legend is not to be relied upon as a matter of fact the first inventor of printing is unknown and even as regards movable types it is impossible to say with absolute certainty when or by whom the idea was first conceived Doanon, in his analyse des opinions diverses sur l'orignée de l'imprimier tells us that no less than fifteen towns claim to be the birthplace of printing and that a still larger number of persons have been put forward as its inventors from saturn job and charlemagne downwards the arguments for or against the pretensions of saturn job and charlemagne and indeed of the majority of the personages whose names have been mentioned in this connection do not call for notice for although the first printer is not known many believe that they can point him out with tolerable certainty and in the fierce battle which has raged round the question to the identity of the inventor of movable types two names alone have been used as the respective war cries of the opposing armies one is johann gutenberg of mentz and the other lawrence coster of harlem although the balance of opinion is now and always has been in favor of gutenberg the battle has been long and furious 
the diligence of the disputants in collecting data in support of their theories has been equalled only by the vigor and ferocity with which some of their number have maintained their opinions each side has charged the other with forging evidence and ink and abuse have been freely poured out in the cause of typographical truth yet though sought for during several centuries no conclusive proof has been discovered by either side typographical truth remains in her well and the identity of the inventor of movable types seems almost as hard to determine as that of the man in the iron mask or the writer of the letters of junius the partisans of coster have been as eminent and as able as those of gutenberg and thus the unlearned inquirer finds it difficult to declare for one rather than the other without investigating for himself all the ins and outs of this involved subject even then without some previous bias in one or the other direction he would probably find himself halting between two opinions such an investigation is obviously out of the question here and even were it practicable it could hardly be lipped that where so many doctors disagree our modest effort would produce any valuable result we shall therefore do no more than briefly set forth some of the chief arguments on either side as fairly as may be but without attempting an exhaustive examination of the evidence first however declaring ourselves as followers of the majority and partisans of gutenberg by way of sheet anchor those who advocate the claims of holland against germany largely base their belief on the existence of various printed books and fragments of dutch origin undated and affording no clue to the time and place at which they were printed or to their printer whether coster or another it is much more likely they say that these were the first rude attempts at typography and that they gave the idea to the mentz printers who forthwith improved upon it than that the mentz printers should have given the idea to the dutch who so far from improving upon it produced these clumsy imitations of fine german work and mr hessels who made a complete examination of the evidence in favor of gutenberg was unable to say either that gutenberg invented typeprinting or that he did not invent it on the other hand it is certainly possible say the writers of the guide to the british museum that actual printing may have been previously executed in holland although to our minds the improbability of the printers who are asserted to have produced donatus and the speculum from movable types ten years before gutenberg having produced nothing but the like kind of work for nearly twenty years after him outweighs all the arguments which have been advanced in support of their claim it is at all events certain that without some very direct and positive evidence on the other side 
mankind will continue to regard Gutenberg as the parent of the art, and Mainz as its birthplace. Within recent years, a claim for the honor of the invention has been put forward on behalf of quite another part of the world. Some early 15th century documents discovered at Avignon make unmistakable references to printing, and not to xylography, and from them we learn that Procopius Wald Fogel, a silversmith of Prague, was engaged in printing at Avignon in 1444, and had undertaken to cut a set of Hebrew types for a Jew whom he had previously instructed in the art of printing. No specimens of his work are known, and it is therefore impossible to say exactly to what process these records refer, but it has been conjectured that it may have been some method of stamping letters from cut type, and not from cast type by means of a press. Since Coster is the hero of the well-known story quoted above, and since as regards our present purpose, there is less to be said of him than of Gutenberg, we will briefly recapitulate what is known about him, and the foundations on which his fame as a typographer rests, before dealing more at length with Gutenberg and the Mentz Press. It does not seem easy to account for the existence of what the partisans of Gutenberg contemptuously term the Coster legend. It has been conjectured, somewhat plausibly, that Harlem's jealousy of the superiority and fame of Mentz and its printers began very early, and arose from the narrow vanity of those Harlemers who imagined that the first printing press in Harlem must necessarily be the first printing press in the world. However this may be, the legend arose, and waxed strong, and many believed in it. Lawrence Jansonin, or Coster, was born in Harlem about 1370. He is said to have held various high offices, such as sheriff, treasurer, officer of the city guard, and especially that of Coster to the great church of Harlem. Coster means sacristan or sexton, but the position was one of far greater honor than is now associated with it. But another account, which is supported by all the available records, represents him as a tallow chandler, and subsequently as an innkeeper, and if he had anything at all to do with the great church, it was only that he supplied it with candles. But whether Chandler or Coster, nothing is heard of him as a printer until 1568, more than a hundred years after his alleged success in printing from types, in itself a strange fact, since if Coster were the inventor, why were the Mentz printers allowed to appropriate all the credit to themselves, unchallenged by Coster's kinsfolk or countrymen, and supported by the opinions of sixty-two writers, including Caxton, the chronicler Fabian, Trithemius, and the compilers of the Cologne and Nuremberg Chronicles, 
It is true that a few sometimes may know when thousands err, but silence is no proof of truth. And if Coster's representatives possess the truth, how came they to withhold it from a deluded world? Although Coster is not named till 1568, the claims of Harlem to be the birthplace of printing had been put forward for the first time some years earlier by john van zurgen in a work on the invention of typography of which only a fragment remains the claims of harlem he says are at this day fresh in the remembrance of our fathers to whom so to express myself they have been transmitted from hand to hand from their ancestors thus though probably writing in all good faith van zurian bases his statements on nothing better than tradition the city of mentz he goes on to say without doubt merits great praise for having been the first to publish to the world in a becoming garb an invention which she received from us for having perfected and embellished an art as yet rude and imperfect it is certain that the foundations of this splendid art were laid in our city of harlem rudely indeed but still the first kornhurt an engraver and a partner of van zurian repeats the same statements and on the same basis in the preface to a translation of cicero which he published in fifteen sixty one but is acute enough to see that the case for Harlem is nearly hopeless. I am aware, he says, that in consequence of the blamable neglect of our ancestors, the common opinion that this art was invented at Mentz is now firmly established, that it is in vain to hope to change it, even by the best evidence and the most irrefragable proof he proceeds to declare his conviction of the justice of Harlem's claim, because of the faithful testimonies of men alike respectable from their age and authority, who not only have often told me of the family of the inventor, and of his name and surname, but have even described to me the rude manner of printing first used, and pointed out to me with their fingers the abode of the first printer, and therefore not because I am jealous of the glory of others, but because I love truth and desire to pay all tribute to the honor of our city, which is justly her due, I have thought it incumbent upon me to mention these things. Yet it is strange that he did not think it incumbent upon him to mention the name and surname of the inventor, since he had been told them so often. Hadrian Junius, said to have been the most learned man in Holland after Erasmus, is the first to give the world the fully developed legend of Coster. This he does in his Batavia, which was finished in 1568 and published posthumously twenty years later. It is he who first mentions Coster by name, and gives the story of the walk in the woods. He relates how Coster devised block printing, 
and calling in the help of his son-in-law, Thomas Peter, produced the block-book Speculum Humanae Salvationis, and then advances to types of wood, then to types of lead, and finally to types of lead and tin combined. Prospering in his new art, he engaged numerous workmen, one of whom, probably named Johann Faust, as soon as he had mastered the process of printing and of casting type, stole his master's types and other apparatus one Christmas Eve, and fled to Amsterdam, thence to Cologne, and finally to Mentz. For all this, Junius also adduces no better authority than hearsay. But nevertheless, it is his statements which have brought Coster to the front, and given him such reputation as he now enjoys. No books bearing Coster's name are known, though this in itself is no argument against him, for the name of Gutenberg himself is not found in any of his own productions. It is not only highly improbable that Coster was the first printer, but also doubtful whether he printed anything at all, but those who think otherwise consider that the idea of printing occurred to him about 1428 or 1430, and that he executed, among other books, the Biblia Pauperum, the Speculum, the Ars Morendi, and Donatus. The people of Holland still retain their faith in Coster. Statues have been erected, medals struck, tablets put up, and holidays observed in his honor. End of chapter 7 End of section 4